Perfect. Thank you very much, Stephanie, for coming on. No problem. Um, to the Aronting podcast. Nice. <laughs> um, what we wanted to go through pretty much is just explaining your journey throughout this entire process, how uh-huh. you got into this kind of business. Yeah. So if you could give us a small explanation of where the journey actually um, started for yourself, like after school, what did mm-hmm. you go into? Yeah. Um, how did it all trigger yourself? Mm. And just that kind of stuff. Well, I start. I moved to London at 18, so I'm from sort of countryside, Buckinghamshire area. Okay. Um, moved to London, London at 18, just started working straight away because in London there's so much more opportunities out there and stuff. So mm-hmm. I just thought, let me get myself in London, find a job and just start working straight away. I had the option to go to uni, um, but it was just as my time to go to uni was like literally just at the start when they raised the fees and stuff. So I was just like, do you know what? I don't think it's worth it. Yeah. Not 100% sure what I want to do. So yeah, moved to London, 18, started working in retail. Um, and then I ended up a couple of years later getting a job in property, mm-hmm. um, which kind of probably is the reason why I kind of started, started that's kind of the start of the journey almost because I learned a lot about um, the property industry because um, okay. I was doing like administration and stuff. So a lot of that is like backend stuff working, like knowing the ins and outs of how an agency works. Um, so yeah, I got that experience, um, really enjoyed it. Um, kind of noticed the the need for like affordable housing and stuff at that point because obviously it's so expensive living in London. I was fortunate enough to live with my uh, grandma. Mm-hmm. So I didn't have to worry about it, but I knew that, you know, so many people are. Um, so yeah, so then I started, um, I, I can't remember why, but I, at some point I needed somewhere to live. I think I maybe just moved out for a couple of months and I was looking for my own accommodation. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was, I think I do what every person at my age would do is go on to spare rooms and type like lowest price. Like, <laughs> what can I get for the cheapest like um, thing? So I did that on spare rooms and there were a few adverts, like obviously there's some really weird stuff that you'd just be like, okay, no, that's obviously a fake or someone's trying to scam me. But there was a few adverts for sort of this like home sharing, mutual exchange thing. So they'd put up an advert for, you know, a pound a month or something. And they're just like, look, I need someone to help me out. I've got a free room, not using it. Um, Can I have someone stay there and then help me out? Um, so that's kind of how I discovered the concept of home sharing. And instantly I was like, wow, this is such a sick idea. Like yeah. this is something that London needs, mm-hmm. um, clearly cause people actually have adverts up for it. Um, and yeah, I just, was just in- instantly like, yeah, this, I need to be in this industry almost. Um, so I did like research on it. Does this thing exist? Um, I found a, a website called home share UK, which is like the national network of home sharing. Um, agencies in the UK. Mm-hmm. Um, they're very small. Um, it was at the time it was quite like not many agencies um, involved in the network and stuff. Um, but yeah, it just made me realize that it, it's a it's a concept that needs modernizing. Um, you know, most of the agencies use kind of old school agency style things. And I think you know, being in the property industry, I've realized that that industry is quite backward and it's not super modern. Um, mm-hmm. They still use you know office spaces and nothing's really online. Like there's a lot. And I knew that, you know, um, the agency that I used to work for were trying to be innovative with how different ways of, you know, bringing tech into into that industry. Um, so I thought, how can I combine like sort of this modern sort of tech innovative sort of style with this home sharing thing? Mm-hmm. And that's kind of how Room for Help was created. It was just like, yeah. And I, and I knew as well from living with my grandparents and stuff, I knew that, um, living with an old uh, older person um is kind of really beneficial 
Um, it's got a lot of benefits to it. So I thought, you know, I've kind of already experienced it. Um, so yeah, it just started from there. And I, I'm, I've got that sort of mindset. Like if I think of an idea, I've already got like a logo and website for it, you know? <laughs> like I'm just like, this is what I need to do. Um, my dad was like entrepreneurial throughout my whole life. We've always been as a family quite like, we could start a business and we've done so many different things. And I like, this is the first thing I did on my own, like without my brothers involved, without my family, I was just like, I'm gonna do this. And I kept it quiet for a very long time. Um, I was working nine to five at the time as well. So it was like nine to six actually. So it was one of those where I kind of had to do it and then like do my job and then go home and do some more work. And it was just, but I think everyone's been there through, you know, it's kind of like the standard journey of an entrepreneur is like, you're so passionate about something you don't even think about it as work. You just can't wait to get home and do it. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, that's kind of how it started. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. So what did your parents think when you decided to leave home and go to London? Um, so I fortunately, so I li- I moved out with my mom and then lived with my dad, grandma. So okay. we were they were in the same house. So it wasn't necessarily living leaving the parents' house. Okay. But mum was obviously upset though. Obviously being there like for eighteen years looking after me, and then I'm like, bye, mom, I'm going to London. It's like what? <laughs> But I think, you know, there's an element of like someone being grafting and working wanting mm. to work hard and stuff. And I knew there weren't many opportunities where I lived. Um, Buckinghamshire, I lived in a village at the time and it's just like one pub and an hour walk to like a supermarket. So it was just wow. like not happening. I couldn't drive. I was like, I need to be in London. Um, I've always loved London, living in London and stuff because I, whenever I used to visit my dad in the summer, I just just used to explore it and stuff. So I was just like, get me there. <laughs> um, so yeah, I think they were they were excited. My dad was really excited for me to have me there as well. My grandparents, of course, so, or my grandma. So yeah, it wasn't too bad. That's cool. <laughs> so what was the company that you're working for and with? Like, what was your job role and how did it really and truly trigger in terms of, well, actually you went through that and how it triggered yeah. or that you know that it was, it was needed. Mm. Um, so when you realized that it was a needed concept, mm. what was the stages of you pursuing the entire business? Mm. What was the decision on how you were going to expand and excel and mm-hmm. go forward with it? I usually, there's not a lot of planning that goes into it. I just kind of just start it because I think there's so much you can do with like planning and like logo design and like doing all these things. And it's just like, you're not actually doing anything yet. You're just like just getting excited about an idea. Yeah. Um, so I just straight went out for it and just started like, contacting these people that I spoke to on spare rooms, um, visiting houses. Like I did set up a website quite quickly, just using like Wix, set set up an Instagram and did all of that. So I had like the basis of something um, and just, yeah, just kind of kept just messaging people, inquiring and stuff. It was a very difficult time to do it, I think. And I think it's the first, like that in-between stage of like, being an idea and being a successful business is like people just trusting you. Like Mm. they have not heard of you before. They, you're, you have no track record of doing well and you just have to be like, I've not done this before, but I'm going (laughs) to do this and I promise you it'll work. And so it took a lot of people sort of just trusting in you. And I guess just confidence in, in the way I approach them. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, not necessarily saying I'm a startup and da da da, just saying like, this is what I want to offer you. And I think because the services that, were offering to both parties was so like exciting and and it was they wanted it they knew they want they'd want it so I just didn't feel like there was much of a sell because mm-hmm. it's like a win win mm-hmm. <laughs> so um, it was quite easy because again like, I hadn't done sales before I'm not a salesy person I'm very like 
if you don't want it, it's cool. Like it's very <laughs> difficult for me. Like I was, I was surrounded by negotiators in my old job. So the energy from that, obviously I, I gained a lot from that experience, but being a salesperson in general, I never thought I could do it. Um, so that was another struggle, but I just, I just got it done. And I think because I loved the idea and I didn't really have to sell it much, mm-hmm. it worked quite well. So. so you weren't a negotiator at all at your no. previous place? No, I supported all the negotiators with administration, okay. sales memos, all of that, marketing. <laughs> but funny enough, I genuinely feel, not to big myself up, but I genuinely feel like I knew the business more because okay. as, as a negotiator, like they do amazing work. Like honestly, I couldn't do what they do. Like the targets they have to hit, the hours they have to work, it's crazy. But if I was away, they're like, oh my God, how do I process a sales memo? Or how do I, because I was working in sales, like how do I do this? Or like, where's the forms for this? And, and how do I put a property online? Like, they, didn't, they didn't know how to do like the ins and out of a business because that's not their role. So I felt really fortunate to be in that administrator role. Mm. Um, although most people would be like, oh, admins, you know, but in my in my head, it was like the backbone of, of the, the business. entire business. Yeah, yeah it is. Because exactly. it's like your admin has to know that ish, you know, <laughs> like they yeah, have to know it. Um, because that's you know how it's run and it's it's like the skeletons of it all um so i think that having that experience is kind of has helped me a lot with mm-hmm. this journey because there's not really much difference in terms of an agency and what i'm doing but as opposed to you know just making it a bit more modern and yeah, making it more like online and stuff so um yeah the way i structured it at the beginning was like this is literally like a negotiating like and i'm a negotiator trying to find someone a property sort of thing so mm-hmm. yeah that's how it started okay that's mm. interesting so from you starting the entire business and trying to find properties to actually find tenants for so mm-hmm. pretty much very similar to an estate agency obviously with yeah. a twist mm-hmm. um was it difficult for you to find landlords to agree to what you were saying to them mm. or was it necessarily to it was and is, <laughs> it yeah. still is. It's not like, you know, it's when you're dealing with a new concept, it can be quite difficult to get people on board. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it's not as easy as, you know, I have a property seller and I'm going to get loads of money for it, you know, and I've got the right tenant for you. Um, it's like, do you have a, do you have a property? Do you have a spare room? Do you need help? And these are all things they need to have in order to for it to even be viable for them to use our services so um it can yeah it is still difficult it's 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 getting people on board with a concept that's not necessarily new and and you know getting them to feel safe and secure and knowing that you're doing it all right and i think you know the only way i've overcome that is putting in the checks i have in place to make it as secure and um safe as possible Mm -hmm. um you know, doing ID checks, CBS checks, all of that um, as part of the service is kind of my way of being like, it's okay, like, mm-hmm. don't worry. I know it's a, a, not weird, but it's a, it's a new concept. Um, this is how to prove to you that it's, you know, no, nothing potentially is going to go wrong, hopefully, fingers crossed. Um, but yeah, it was difficult. Yeah, it was definitely difficult, more difficult at the beginning. Um, now I have inbound inquiries, whereas before it was just like, everything was like, I need to sell, yeah. I need to do this. So it's like going on every single listing possible, like spare rooms, gum tree, like everything, just to see if people would were be interested. interested. Yeah. yeah. Um, the only thing that kind of gave me hope and faith was the fact that there were adverts out there already. And I just sort of just con- contacted them like, hey, like I'm doing what you've described. Let me see if I can help you. Yeah, of course. Um, and the decision to make it all free for the homeowner was kind of part of that as well, because obviously trying to get people on board who then have to pay 
is even harder. So mm. getting people on board that that is it doesn't mean anything to them if you know they say yes or no. Really, it doesn't cost them anything. Um, it's a lot easier to do that. So that's kind of why I started um, doing it, just sort of like free for them. So it doesn't really harm you if I have a conversation with you or I go and visit your house and stuff. And yeah. That's it, really. That's cool. Yeah. When when I decided to kind of move out of like letting agency and go into like roomlets, yeah, I realized that going for larger properties is such a saturated um, industry because mm-hmm. you go into a high street and let's say you will see fifteen different estate agencies literally next mm-hmm. door from each other. Mm-hmm. And the reason why I thought roomlets is such a great idea um, was the fact that there's not many roomletting companies not based all. in London. Let's let's say there's a handful of them mm-hmm. and there's such a huge, huge market for Massive. it. In comparison to what you're doing, mm. um, your market is relatively small in com- for the roomlets because there's a section for the roomlets. Mm-hmm. Would you say it's relatively small for yourself and it's difficult for you to find landlords on a regular mm. basis? Or Yeah, definitely. It's, it's, it's a niche thing that I'm doing. Um, it's not your average everyday rental situation. Um, I think the more people know about what I'm doing, the probably the more people realize that they need it. Um, I think the mass, the the big reason why a lot of people aren't necessarily out there and looking is because they don't know it's a thing yet. So I get so many inquiries like, oh my god, like I've wanted to, I've I've thought of this thing and I've googled you and you exist already. Like, <laughs> oh, I'm so happy. Like, or they say, oh, I've been doing this for years. Um, I got my my um, my nana with someone um, just doing it sort of randomly, and now a service exists where we can do it more securely. So yeah, that's great. So. It's almost like, it, although it's a small market, <clears throat> I believe that it could get bigger and bigger. Because it's like okay. saying, you know, with Airbnb, it's like there probably wasn't a market for people living on blow up beds in someone's room. And then suddenly there is because you've yeah. created that market almost. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, it's obviously harder when you're creating a market and, and trying to convince people to be in that market. But um it's it's an everyday challenge i guess um and i genuinely believe that through marketing and uh, even with roomlets it's the same i think i don't know that i think a lot of people know that there's agencies that will do that like i didn't necessarily know that there's loads of agencies in london that offer that service but once you know about it you're like yeah that's what i want to do um so yeah, it's just the way to overcome those those things is marketing and, and getting your name out there. That's yeah, what I think course. anyway. Um, yeah, that's a good way to go into like the marketing section of the conversation mm. because we spoke to, we <laughs> spoke about the personal branding and we spoke about the company branding for yourself. Yeah. And um, off air, we did speak about Gary Vee very briefly as mm-hmm. well and his concept of creating content mm. to build your your personal brand and your um, business brand. Mm. Which one are you tend to tend to be focusing on for yourself or is it for the business? What, so my personal brand or the business brand? Yeah. Hmm. That's a good question. I mean, I don't focus enough time on either, to be honest, because okay. at the beginning, that's all I had was branding and, and mm-hmm. marketing and stuff. So that was like my main thing was focusing on that and doing that. Um, now, because I've got, to do the actual business. I don't get enough time to spend on doing the Instagrams and all of that. Um, but I think you as a entrepreneur and a founder is quite an important thing because almost like customers are not just buying into your brand, they're buying into who's running it. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's a big, that's an important part of marketing. It's like, you know, marketing who you are as opposed to what you do and, and what your business is. Um, I think they are very, important both of them to get your name out there to um but also getting the branding out there as well it depends as well if you're comfortable with doing that like i found it quite difficult at the beginning to set up a business instagram and and be that guy who's like 
being on panels and, and taking selfies with in a like I don't know just a networking group or something like it is a bit daunting a, yeah it yeah, is it's sure. like oh for and sure. there's, there's so many people doing it and like Gary Vee is just smashing it he's literally like my morning routine now like, it's just amazing <laughs> and he's doing he's just making it better and better every day it's insane but. no I could resemble to that quite a lot because um we recently started the entire branding because I started the business um let's say a year ago mm-hmm. and then um I wasn't focusing on branding too much yeah um but I was always trying to build the Google reviews that was one main thing that I was focusing really on good. because I could refer to the landlords and tell them mm. you know look at our Google reviews we worked with they several take that people seriously, exactly yeah um that's the first thing that I do when I'm looking to a business I'm looking at their Google reviews to see who's worked with them and what other people say yeah. there's there's loads of room at companies that would be like a really um rough edged i'm not going to name anyone but mm. there's some rough edged <laughs> companies out there yeah um but in regards to the personal branding for us like we decided to grow calico properties branding and then we decided to move on to my personal branding mm-hmm. because people buy into people more so 100%. than a business mm-hmm. is that something that you might be focusing on maybe or definitely i think it's really important like mm-hmm. like you say people buy into the into the people running it and i agree i think people are more sold on, on you as a founder um especially if you're if you're going into like investment and you're thinking about all, all those sort of next stages of your business like if, if they don't know who you are and if they Google you and there's just not like, who are you? Just like a blank avatar on Instagram and you haven't posted anything. Like that, it's just, it doesn't really give you any warmth or character. And I think um, having a business with no, with just like this, it's just a business, online business. You don't know who runs it. That just doesn't exist anymore. Mm-hmm. Like if you think about all the major companies or startups that are doing so well, like you, Facebook and, and Airbnb and stuff, we all know who they are. We know, yeah. all know who's behind it. Um, and that's because as, I think as people, we kind of, we like that in our, in our culture to sort of like be a little bit stalkerish and like creepy, <laughs> but it's important. It, I think it kind of, it helps you remember that brand, but mm-hmm. also obviously branding for your company is really important as well. Yeah. So it's about finding that balance. Yeah. I really like your logo. I was looking at that today. I was like, oh my God, it's, K, it's, K, it's CP, isn't it? Yeah. Under, like mind blown. <laughs> I was like, I didn't even notice that until like, that's honestly amazing. But yeah, yeah. like things like that, I think are important. And yeah. But obviously like you can have amazing branding. You can have like, the sickest website but you could not be a good company and that's mm-hmm. the thing i think a lot of people get tricked into um believing something is a lot bigger than it is and, and in a way as a business owner or someone that's a founder like you can use that to advantage like that we're going back to what i was saying before people kind of have to believe in you before you're anything i think <clears throat> even just having like a decently presented website and an instagram page with followers and being active you know it makes you people trust you a little bit exactly more. it builds um, that credibility definitely yeah and it could literally like it was me and doing a nine to five doing this on my weekends but at the time like no one knew that they they didn't know that it wasn't you know a, a big company with loads of employees and stuff um i think it, there's no issue with doing that i think it creates kind of it sets a stand of, of what you want for the future as well mm-hmm. so it's like if you have that brand from the beginning you you can then ha- continue that like yeah of course high quality of branding throughout sure just to backtrack just a little bit Mm -hmm. from um the conversation that you had with the company that you were working with and Mm -hmm. then you were working for another company at the same time well you're working for yourself at the same time which was somewhat really difficult for me because i was working seven days a week and it was ridiculous Uh, hours yeah i was a negotiator hats off to you man so i was doing the 10 till 7 that was the hours that i was doing 
and then I had to work in the morning for myself and then in the evenings for myself as well. Insane. But the transition... Did you eat at all during, those, <laughs> during that time? Like, did you find time to do anything but work? No, it is terrible. It's, but yeah. the transition from um, leaving the full-time job that I was in was very daunting for me to move into mm. full-time Calico properties. Yeah. How was that transition for you and what was the steps that you took to go into that? Um, it was, yeah, daunting, very scary, but really liberating because you yeah. kind of feel like you're taking off the shackles. You're like, oh my God, I'm free. Like, this is amazing. Like working for someone else's accomplishments and, and making someone else a millionaire is not really what I wanted to do. <laughs> um, and although I did value what I did at, um, at the agency, I felt like I was undervalued and almost undervalued myself because I knew I could do more and like, it was a very exciting experience to be like, oh my God, I'm just gonna do it. I'm just gonna do it. But it, it did, there were steps that were taken. I wasn't just like, and I think it's really important to not just, if you've got an idea, just quit everything and just go for it and get a business loan and da da da. Like, I think it's important to make sure that you're good for money and cash flow mm -hmm. and stuff. Um, so I did like a very slow transitional, transitional stage of like going from a full-time job to three days a week, to two days a week to nothing, which is what I am now, which I'm doing full-time room for help now. So um, I think I'm a very sensible person. Like I'm not someone that's just like very brash and just makes decisions quickly. I'm just like, no, I need to think about this and like money worries and all this. And I was just like, let me do this in small stages. I knew I wanted to quit the agency. So I did that. And then I, could, and then I got another role, which was in a similar property thing, working for a um, freelance agent who I was his PA for a while, amazing man. Um, but it, it kept me in that routine and schedule of, you know, working in an office and all of that and kept me in the industry. So it worked really well. Mm -hmm. um, and then I was fortunate enough to get a bit of grant funding as well during last summer. So I could then go down to a small, smaller hours. Um, and then when, once that money ran out, cause it was only fun, I was only funded for the, for six months. I then start, I was working in just sort of weekend jobs. So then I, I kind of did this transition from like full-time office to um, part-time office to then working Monday to Friday on Room for Help and then Saturday and Sunday at a restaurant, which was seven days a week. Um, I tried that, did that for a good seven months. Um, and then I was just like, almost like I, I spent the weekend, the, the winter hibernating and saving money. And then I was, cause I just couldn't go out. I had no weekends or anything, it was fine. Um, spent the winter doing that. And then now it was only about two months ago that I, that I quit the restaurant and now I'm working full time on this. So it's literally been almost like a year of, cool. of and that's what I'm saying. I'm, I don't take, I don't do things in, instantly. I need, it takes a lot of time cause I'm quite a, I, you know, I'm patient and I think things come, you know, in time and um, I didn't want to do anything brash and then end up with no money. So I managed to save enough during the winter that now I can work on room for help full time, paying myself a small salary and, and doing it that way. So just bootstrapping and um, <clears throat> it, it didn't feel as daunting mm -hmm. because obviously it's not just suddenly you're, you're working and you need to find money to live and stuff. Um, it wasn't necessarily super daunting. I just think the whole experience from the instant, uh, instantly quitting my job was just like, ah, like, a, like it was so relieving. Like it just felt amazing. I don't know if it was the same for you. I don't know. It must've um, been an element of that. It was that. different for me actually in yeah. comparison because I didn't go from two days to three days. Yeah. I was in a position where um, 
I was like, I really don't want to be doing this job because yeah. my business was making more money than I was working in um, oh, the company that I was working for. It's a no-brainer so, Exactly. Yeah. So I was thinking, why am I still at this place? Yeah, but yeah. I had a great relationship with um, the owner. The oh, well, man. he was a friend of mine. His name's Jay. Mm. And he was 23, my same age as me. Jeez. So um, he's running a really big company. And that's, that's where I kind of learned business and mm. entrepreneurial well I, I was i was entrepreneurial before i started that company but born with it for sure <laughs> yeah you have to be born with um, it sure. but then it was it was a relief in terms of leaving that place mm. and then working full-time for myself mm. and i still do seven days a week because i'm passionate, passionate about this entire business and the projections and what i'm looking to achieve in the mm. long term is just the whole entire business is evolving mm. from roomlets into like investments and stuff Amazing. like that it's so um, good something that I did want to talk to you about is different strategies for property. Is that something that you're looking to scale into? Is that something that you're interested in at all? Or? In terms of what, what, sorry, do you mean by strategies? Like um, if a lot of businesses move into different industries mm -hmm. or different sections yeah. of property, because property is such a broad mm. subject. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, like rent to rent. Is that yeah. something that you might be interested in? Or no, I think I just want to, I want to focus on what I'm doing. And I, I do, I think that it has so much potential to grow in just one industry at this point, because, you know, I, you, you've, you've got different types of home sharing. You've got elderly companionship, you've got pet sitting and you've got childcare. Some people or some businesses just focus on one. So I know that, you know, to tackle three of those things at once is, is going to be quite a challenge. But I think it shows that there's so much growth within that. And it's almost like I'm doing three separate things already. I'm almost doing working for like finding au pairs. I'm working to find pet sitters. I'm working to find elderly companionships and stuff. So I do believe that there's a lot of room to grow on each thing. So I wouldn't necessarily need to expand into anything new at this point. I haven't really thought about it. I don't I don't know, maybe in the future. Mm -hmm. But because it's not necessarily just about property and letting, it's it's kind of like it's about building communities and stuff. I don't know whether I'd kind of go into something more in that in that avenue as opposed to just being about property still. Yeah, of course. Um yeah, it could be more t focused on on society and building communities that way instead. I don't know. Sure. That's yeah. something that we do and that's something that the brand kind of represents. I like that. Because yeah. um we wanted to be creating communities and like mm -hmm. um building social environments for people. So rent to rent is something similar to that. So mm -hmm. if we lease the property from a landlord or an agency and then sublet all the rooms out mm. and then we would put people in the, in these properties who are compatible with each other. That's amazing. It creates yeah, I saw a that. good I social that. environment. You know what I mean? Yeah. So um that's where I do understand where you're coming 100%. from. And that's the brand that is about at the moment as well. Like one thing I didn't realize when I started this is that when you think of like elderly people and, and that sort of community, you know, there's this whole stigma of them being lonely, you know, they've got no, and obviously it's true. And I know that's true. Um, but the amount of people that apply for what I'm doing who are young people mm. and they're like, I'm lonely or like I live in a shared room, a shared flat and I don't speak to any of the house, house, the tenants, you know, I don't see anyone. I just go into my room and that's it. Like I'd like to experience something more homely and like more of a community based mm -hmm. thing. So it's amazing that you're doing that, man. Cause it's like, it's true. Like you don't really get that in London that yeah, everyone's just so focused on their own thing. And I, I feel like we've lost that massively, which is such a shame because I'm from, 
the countryside you know there's not a lot going on but at least we have like community we have mm -hmm. we have like yearly scarecrow competitions and like you know like pub <laughs> quizzes and stuff and like you know all your neighbors and they know way too much about your life but it's fine like it just happens it's like uh, that's kind of how I grew up with like more of a community and yeah. and I think London has lost that so much um I know I understand why but it's just like there's no need and I think if you're actually making the time to you know find people that are suited together I think that's amazing I think that's really good <laughs> that's really important um going over the marketing things again mm. um as a room letter if I was watching this I would want to know how are you doing your marketing you said you've broken it down into three sections mm -hmm. and you're finding rooms from these three separate sections yeah how are you going forward to, to actually acquire these rooms to to match them up mm. it's basically like three different marketing strategies I guess okay because because to find a room um for an elderly person it will be so different like marketing wise and to find a room for someone who's looking for childcare or pets in. So you almost have to do like three different campaigns. Like you, so I basically do it like almost weekly. I do like one week I'll focus on this type of person or one week I'll focus on that. And that's how and how I do it. So you kind of assess where would those people be and how would you find them um, that, you know, elderly people aren't really online. So you, it's hard to do campaigns. Mm. Although we get a lot of people that it's like their son or daughter that apply for them. Um, but yeah, you have to, you have to be a lot more like old school leaflet in at that point. That's what I do a lot as well. Just like do leaflets through door style stuff. Um, but that kind of generates a lot of stuff as well. But, um, yeah, it's kind of just like three avenues. I think the other side is like finding a tenant is, is a lot easier because most of them, not all of them, but most of them are online. You can find them on social media. Like I've got a few leads that have come from Instagram, which is crazy. Like someone just reached out from Instagram, like mm -hmm. a few sales and deals done through that. Um, it's, I think it's easier to do it to market for, you know, people that are looking for rent because especially if you're offering something that's a lot lower cost than usual, people are just grabbing, like trying to get, like they just want it so bad already. So it's not much of a, they kind of come to you as opposed to you having to come to them. But at the beginning, obviously that wasn't the case. So yeah, it was just like marketing. Yeah, of course. Um, there's so many cool things you can do now, like apps and stuff where you can create little like marketing, like social media videos and stuff, like all of that stuff. Like people love it. I think it, it, it's exciting. It's a bit different mm -hmm. to like the normal like adverts and, and stuff like that. I do a bit of Facebook promotions and stuff. Yeah, that sort of thing. Okay, yeah. that's interesting, that's cool. Yeah. You spoke about the grant as well. Mm. That's something that I wanted to touch upon as yeah. well because that was something when I started out and I didn't know how to, to pursue the business because mm. it was costing me um, money to run the entire business, but mm. I wasn't making any money for yeah. it. So it was difficult to leave the job and do the entire transaction. Of course, yeah. So what was the situation with you um, acquiring the, the, the grant. grant so I I literally dedicate like at least one day a month to like looking for free money I'm just like <laughs> who's giving it where's the competitions where's all of this like if you're young and you're in in tech or if you're female in tech or if you're young female in tech you just <laughs> tick in all boxes so it's great but yeah there's so much out there man it's crazy like competitions there's not necessarily always money, there's stuff like free resources. Like I, I was working um, with the Prince's Trust. They do like this 18 to 30, have you heard of it? They do like an 18 to 30 group thing of like free, 
help and courses and stuff. Um, so I actually, that's kind of like the journey of how I got the grant. So I signed up with that first, mm-hmm. um, did their five day course, started going to their courses, doing like finance, marketing courses, all for free. So I, like there's this invaluable stuff, you know, they had really good people like that would host these courses. Um, so I did that for a good couple of months. And then that's when a email got shot out from um, Princess Trust, you were teaming up with a company called Innovate UK, which do massive, massive investment into like huge, huge corporations. They, they spend like, they've got like billions of pounds, a government run company. Um, so they were fun, they were doing a competition called Young Innovators. Um, that was in, I went to like their sort of um, introduction day where they talked about the competition and how to apply. That was in June, last, uh, January last year. Um, and what they were offering was basically 24 spots to be a young entrepreneur for the year, like young, young innovator, young innovator, sorry. Mm-hmm. Um, and you'd get like a five grand funding pot where you could spend money on computers or, you know, devices or marketing and all of that. And then you would also get, um, six months of support. So they give you like a small cool. living wage salary for six months. So I was like, this is amazing. I've got this in the bag. <laughs> like what I'm doing is sick. People need to know about it. And they just they just asked you to sort of send in like a five minute video, like an application video. And I went in, I spent like two <laughs> weeks, like I edited it. I got someone online to edit it. Like I went in um, and they literally asked for like a phone camera video, but I went in, it was like a good, sick, sick video. Um, so I did that and then managed to obviously win it. And that was in June last year. Um, it wasn't a lot of money, but it was that six months is kind of, is completely changed what I've been doing. Mm-hmm. Like they had access to an amazing PR company, um, Holes and Hills and something, H&K. They're like one of the biggest um, H- um, PR companies in London. Um, so they just, I was just on their books and I was just like someone that they would call and be like, do you want to do this interview? And do you want to do this? I just, it was really surreal. You know, that, that six months of from June to January, uh, June to December of kind of interviews and videos and um, events to go to and stuff. Um, so that kind of spiraled this, like me as an entrepreneur, as opposed to me as just the business, you know, mm-hmm. it kind of made me feel like, yeah. And a lot of people had said to me at that time, you know, you need to focus on your branding and as an entrepreneur and stuff. Um, so yeah, going back to the grant. So they gave me five grand funding pot, which was like, spend it on, I got a new laptop. I got, I did marketing material. I did leaflets, business cards. I did, I did legal stuff. I did finance stuff. So I got an accountant, all of that. So it was just like, it's not a lot of money, but it's just like that little startup thing. It's yeah, like, oh course. my God, like, and the support of the six months, just feeling like you don't have to, cause that's when I, I went from three days to a couple of days, just a couple of days um, a week working. So I knew that I didn't have to work as much so I had the time to work on the business so that was the I think that was the plan for them is like you can you can basically live off the money we're giving you for for six months so do it go and do your business Mm -hmm. which was an amazing opportunity like to have that um so yeah that's um that's how I won the grant um and with that came a lot of exposure and advertising and and, um marketing sorry because so that was kind of almost like more than the money it was like them using you know my face and my business as like um showing what londoners and and young people are doing in the uk at the moment for business um and having that support was yeah it was amazing like six months of it was it was wicked yeah so i don't know if they're going to do it again next year 
So I don't know. I don't think I can reapply. So there's no point really. <laughs> no, that's really insightful actually, because yeah. hopefully some young entrepreneurs are watching this and they mm. know that there's, there's opportunities out there for mm -hmm. them to obtain grants. Because mm. I would do research into trying to find money. And then when I was trying to get a business loan, it was so difficult. They yeah. would request money on a monthly basis yeah. and the interest and everything like that. So it was scary for me to even think about trying to go into that kind of section of it all. Yeah. So I had to just build it myself and try just try fund everything myself. I think it's the best way to do it though, man. Yeah. Because also like you're showing traction. You're not, you're not like, if you're actually doing it and that's how I started, that's like, I ended up being able to sort of like be profitable within the first month of doing it when I've got my first deal and stuff. Because obviously when you're kind of doing like a, middleman business is not a lot of expense it's just mm -hmm. a website and yeah, emails and stuff um so showing that you're making profit straight away um and showing and that's like validating your idea as well so there's no point in getting a business like like it terrifies me the idea that people are like i want to be an entrepreneur and I'm, I'm gonna like get out a 10 grand loan and then do all this stuff and then it doesn't you know yeah. nothing comes of it like it's terrifying we know the statistics about how unlikely it is as a business only you're gonna you're gonna make it or be successful um i think it's 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 scary to think that there's a lot of people going out there and just getting loans straight away i would i don't know i think it's my background my dad was really tight <laughs> like, <laughs> he was so stingy man but it like it's helped me loads with money and finance and stuff i'm like no way am i getting a loan no way am i getting a credit card like it's not happening i'm not gonna put myself in that situation like get like get money and then spend it <laughs> like that's yeah, always been so yeah i think you did it the best way and like i've done a very similar thing it's almost just like boot i think it's a really um it shows you're um able to do it from nothing yeah, like it, and it does feel amazing like i remember my first ever deal and she said oh can i give you cash instead because I, I can't transfer it for some other reason i was like yeah great um and i came home but it was like 400 quid and i was like this is cash and I've made this like from my mind like I've actually put two and two together and I've actually made 400 pounds like this is this is tangible money like this is crazy um, obviously went straight into the business and I just didn't need to see it again but like that just like that whole experience is so much better than like just getting a 10 grand load suddenly or like someone just giving you money and then suddenly you've got to pay it back and you're just stressing yeah. about that like obviously it puts the pressure on and hopefully you, you from that you get more sales that like you do better but I don't know. I don't. I wouldn't trust those sort of things. I don't. I think just make the money before you before you start thinking about doing things yeah, like that. Yeah, of course. Mm. Okay, that's really interesting. Yeah. What's the What's the current plans in terms of what you're looking to achieve for the business and your long term goals? Mm. Are you looking to expand the business? Are you yeah. looking to hire more people? Definitely. Yeah. So at the moment, um, I have a friend of mine who's now sort of partnering up with me. She was a, a lettings negotiator at the agency oh, yeah. I worked at feisty girl she's just so good she's a proper salesy like but in not in a horror like not in a bad way you know like a really good salesperson and just a really lovely person um she's also a mum, which helps because there's a massive we're tapping into that mum market anyway for childcare and stuff um so she's got loads of links in that industry um so at the moment it's just me and her i'm working full-time she's kind of doing as and when she can um, so I'd love to expand it to, to be bigger because there's only so much you can do as one person. So, um, yeah, build, building a team would be kind of like the next step. Um, yeah. because I'm looking into more tech, um, the way, like the way things are going with the future of what I'm doing, I'm looking more in like, how can I make this, you know, more accessible to a larger, like wider audience? Because 
if you're doing everything remotely and like sorry not remotely if you're doing everything sort of manually yourself um i can't go and see everyone i can't you know do everything if you've got like hundreds of people applying for this thing i can't go and physically see or meet all of them so how do i create a platform online which will be easily accessible and make this whole thing a lot smoother um that's kind of how it it goes from like property to prop tech because I'm kind of being, I'm trying to sort of create something that's going to be, a, um, you know, used to use in a wider audience and mm. yeah, just easier to use in general. So with that, moving into tech world, I'm looking for sort of someone in the tech industry um, to, to sort of join the team and be a part of it um, because, you know, I know how to create a Wix website, but <laughs> I don't know anything about um, JavaScript and I don't know what else there is, all these different languages of coding and stuff. So for me, that would be ideal is to have sort of someone in the tech industry, someone sales, me running the operational side of things, and then just seeing how much it can expand from there. Okay, that's really that's interesting. Plans, Have yeah. you thought about using Upwork maybe to yeah. find somebody? See, I've used Upwork. I used Upwork for my accountant. He's amazing. So it is good usually. I've used it for editing stuff. And I just, I want more of a personal relationship with someone. Mm. And what I want is is almost someone who's going to join the team, like not someone that's freelance and just does little bits every now and again. I want I want someone who's as passionate as me as, with the idea and wants to be a part of the journey. So like from now to where it can be in the future. Um, so it's, it's kind of more than just doing one piece of work on Upwork. But mm -hmm. I, use, I do use Upwork for different things though, like marketing and editing and stuff, it's decent. But I think um, in terms of building a team, it's quite difficult. Um, I was looking into like co-founder, co networking things and stuff because you can like you can find people that are just really want want to do a business but don't know what or mm -hmm. you know they haven't got they've got a skill and they haven't got a business you know just finding that connection with someone but i, I think i found someone i'll keep that on the <laughs> dl but i think i found a really good um sort of potential for that that's cool so yeah, we'll see where that goes. <laughs> okay. I've, I've really and truly used Upwork to, to scale my entire business. Because if I didn't have the people I've got now um, to, to, to really help me in terms of the administration and yeah. stuff like that, it wouldn't have scaled. Yeah. And there was this one really significant video I watched from this guy called Grant Cardone. He's a huge investor in um, America. Yeah. And he said, um, he's got like a billion dollar company. Amazing. And for the first 19 years, he didn't hire anybody. That's mad. And he said um, it was a small business. And then when he started hiring people, the business started growing and growing and this growing. So uh, that's where I yeah. really got the inspiration. Like, yeah. why am I trying to do this all by myself? 100%. Like, I've got such a big vision. Yeah. This entire company needs people that's to it. help me be working on the business and not in the business. This is the thing. <laughs> this is the thing. Like, how do you balance that? You working on the ins and outs of uh, operations of a business or you working as, the, you know, someone that you should be hiring almost. Like, I know that, you know, probably a lot of my, 70% of my time is not wasted obviously because it's generating money but it's like I'm focusing so much on being the salesperson when I could hire the salesperson and do and and expand it you know exactly. so I know that there I know there's a lot to be said with it, doing something on your own and and as opposed to like a big team of people um how did you like what was your experience with Upwork and finding people to be part of the team though is that is it different I guess they're kind of just like they're not necessarily part of the team they're just sort of like 
working freelance for they're, they're, you. I would say they're part of the team for sure. That's amazing. Because they're on WhatsApp and we message all the time. That's they work, wicked. They work full time for me. So it's 40 hours a week. Um, but they're, they're working on loads of different sections or yeah. like I would give one person the whole entire sales tactic in terms of how I want them to be doing it. But it'll be an extensive training session. Yeah. So I'll be, it was ongoing. So I would always think of ideas. I'm like, okay, sure. I want you to do this, this, this instead. Unbelievable. And then I would do loads of videos on um, screen sharing. I'm like, this is how I want you to specifically target yeah. these very specific landlords that I'm looking for or how I'm going to be finding all of these rooms to put on our stock list yeah. to match them up to our um our applicant lists, mm -hmm. you know, just to mass mail them and all that kind of stuff and Maybe. use all the letting agent tactics yeah, that yeah, they yeah. were doing. So but you so you train them so then you get exactly what you want. So exactly. it's almost like you doing it, but you don't have to do it. Exactly. That's amazing. That's so really good. Even with that and even with the social media, I always wanted to engage and build all that kind of stuff. And mm -hmm. um, for the Calica Properties one, that's what we've doing. But for my personal one, it wouldn't be as valuable do you know what i mean mm -hmm. like i want to be on facebook and someone be asking a question about something random property related and i want to be able to help yeah so i would I'll, i personally would be have, have to yeah. reply to that if yeah that because when it's a personal thing it's it's you you have to be personal with it otherwise mm -hmm. it doesn't really work i'm sure gary v writes all of his comments i don't know where he yeah, has he the does. time though <laughs> like he's constantly on linkedin i'm like what don't you have like million pound businesses to run like what are you doing <laughs> like it's amazing but yeah you're right i think like yeah you should obviously outsource that um but in terms of like personal branding yeah just keep it keep it with mm -hmm. you replying and stuff i think it just makes it a bit more genuine doesn't it yeah of course yeah do you get salespeople on there as well um we i specifically look for salespeople so i would i would advertise a job mm -hmm. but then um there will be well actually i'm doing a podcast with this guy called richard evans uh -huh. i think next week and he has this company called vava mm -hmm. and this company helps you find people from upwork and then you pay them a salary oh, on, a, nice. on an hourly basis Maybe. but he's finding you a very qualified individual who yeah. will be able to do it and they will train them for you so oh. you tell him this is what i want and then he will train them for you so, so he's, he's got really like a good man between yeah. you and upwork exactly it's a scary place like yeah, artwork exactly. is yeah there's a lot you know you have there's a lot of things red flags and stuff you have to like really know it to know that you, you're not gonna get something really bad and mm -hmm. like not good produced or something so yeah it's a really good idea mm. but generally for like um when i'm hiring somebody from artwork mm -hmm. i would look for you know previous work and how much mm. they've generated and other people's reviews and stuff like that mm. and then i'll do interviews and how good their english is how good is their writing skills yeah um, how they speak over the phone and stuff like that because sometimes i would want them to be using whatsapp to call the applicants mm. and you know you know try pitch it to them and sell them the entire property and sell them the room yes yeah, so you almost have to know they can do that exactly yeah. but then i've systemized my entire um, stock list like east london west london north london you know in four different sections mm -hmm. so I, I tell them ask them which area they're looking in are they looking in east london so copy and paste all of those links mm -hmm. and then send them over and see if they want to be what's it called in um, having a look and then yeah, they yeah. have all of the landlord's number and then i'm included in a group chat with them and then they will message a landlord hi are you available for a viewing at 6 30 today Amazing. please let us know and then they would and that's all remotely and they're from different countries they're not all uk uk they're all they? from the philippines and Amazing. pakistan yeah that's what they do that's crazy, isn't it? And and it works. Obviously, it's amazing. Yeah, of like as long as they're you know professional and stuff. Like exactly, a lot, a lot of people don't really get that um, instant messaging thing as well. Like if you go to an agent, it's like, oh, I'll call you back or I'll email you. Yeah. And it just takes ages. So exactly. I much prefer to talk to someone even if they're in a different country, like instantly on the phone. You know, well, that's that's good. that's the main key part as well. Mm. I think personally because. Mm. 
the customer service is really, really important to, to, to me as an individual and, a, and the business mm-hmm. because I've got the same landlords coming back to me one year later yeah. or like six months later saying, Aaron, the contract's finished. Can you can you find me somebody That's else? That's amazing. Um, and they're happy for me to you know charge them a fee yeah. um, and find them a tenant because mm-hmm. that service is actually needed because they there's, there's so many eight places where you could advertise a bedroom. Mm-hmm. Like we use four different platforms that we advertise our bedrooms on. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's so many bedrooms out there. Yeah. So it's difficult to really and truly get your bedroom to get that traction and get those inquiries rolling in. Yeah, yeah, but then yeah. the way we that we be able to systemize the entire business to really and truly build that traction up mm. is is like a lot better than what they could personally do. Yeah, definitely. I think agencies as well, they just get a really bad rep, don't they? Mm. Like, And that is generally from customer service and yeah, just not being you know active enough or not being truthful and all of that and i think yeah obviously that people are coming back shows that obviously um how important that that element of like a really good trustworthy person is is looking after me and that's obviously working really well um yeah i I mentioned before i was working in an agency and then i started working for a freelance um agent who he had a very similar thing it was like all about customer service like he was to be honest, he worked so hard. Like it was unbelievable how much he worked, but he was so like, he drilled it into me how important that was. Like how important to establish a relationship with who you're, you know, who your clients are, who Mm -hmm. the people that are paying you are, because obviously they're important. Um, Like little touches, like hampers when you move in and like WhatsApping and just saying like, how are you? Or like like weekly checkup calls and stuff. Like knowing that you're there and active is so valuable because like you were saying before, there's so many agents out there and although there's not necessarily a lot out there for what you're doing, like it's still a competitive industry, like being in the rental industry and property industry in general. Um, so standing out is, is, yeah, is so important, isn't it? And making sure that customer service is there. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of why with what I'm doing, although I'm saying I want to move into tech, it's, it's quite difficult because I still want to maintain that personal touch. Like right now I speak to the tenants on the phone, like, every month like I'm like how are you or like messaging each other like you know I actually know about what they're up to and know their lives slightly because you do end up becoming part of that because we do like monthly checkups and stuff so you do end up you know being part of their lives you know even if it's once a month you know what's going on you're you're catching up with them and stuff I do like that element so it's like how do I find that how do I keep that customer service alive in a tech industry and I guess it's kind of what you're doing is like outsourcing um people that can give you that experience and be mm-hmm. there on the phone hand, like, you know, if anything needs, if they need you at any point, you know? Um, so yeah, I think that's what I'm, what I'm gonna cool. do. I'm gonna hit up, <laughs> up work later. <laughs> when, you, when you're speaking about um, tech, what do you mean and how are you gonna be moving into that kind of section? Yeah, so I can't say like loads about it now cause it's not like officially, you know, launched. I haven't officially yet launched mm-hmm. it, but um, the idea is to kind of have you know, more of a platform so that it's, you know, easily you accessible. Know, accessible and people can, you know, find matches and find, um, build profiles and all of that. Oh, wow. So it's, yeah, that's kind of the plan. Um, that's kind of why I need a tech guy because that's a lot of work that goes into that. But for now it's going to be very basic. That's um, really interesting. We did a podcast with, um, Tom, I forgot his surname. He owns Ideal Flatmate. Oh yeah. So um, his algorithm in terms of matching people and stuff Amazing. like that is something very interesting yeah. to what you're doing actually. So, mm, you, so should check, you, you should do. check um, his website out. You I probably think use I've, it. Yeah, I think I've seen it before. Um, mm-hmm. It's like a spare rooms type thing, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, exactly. But I guess that it's like for finding the right flatmates. Exactly. And... So his one's more 
like a like a date insight if that this makes sense this is the thing this is kind of what what i have to do is i have to become cupid i'm like mm-hmm. i'm making sure that these these two people are gonna to, personalities are gonna match and it's similar to what you're doing when you're mm-hmm. looking for the right tenants to go in a, in a full property like it's not just a case of like you have the money you can do it or you have the, you have the right services and you can help it's like will you get on with this person because you're living with them like for 20 you know most of your time is spent with them um, so it is like matchmaking and like, that's why I think it's amazing that we've got this kind of new, um, wave of tech that's coming in, which is kind of like, um, machine learning about you, you know, connecting two personalities and, and finding the right match and stuff, which is, which is all amazing. Like the fact that you can do that without having like a 20 minute interview with someone yeah. and then interviewing someone else, like that's a lot, that's a lot more time consuming and the, the way that they kind of just go like being like this yeah, exactly. is who would be ideal for you and I think it does work as well because it's just a case of putting in your preferences and then, exactly. then putting in what their preferences are and then matching those two together so yeah I think that's a really good sort of that's the kind of thing that I'm looking to do but obviously at this point it's um just idea uh, idea phase I guess so mm-hmm. I want to sort of build like some sort of skeleton project yeah um, that's really interesting to see if it has traction the future for room for help does look promising because yeah. then you're going into that section as well so mm. that's really positive definitely yeah and i don't know whether i'll keep the agency as well because almost like some people like being more hand someone being more hands-in but i, I don't know i i don't i'm not too sure but i think with the future of what i'm just going to do is going to be a lot more scalable um mm-hmm. and this is something that could work in so many different countries as well it's not just the uk it's not it's not just london it's like it could work in different parts of the uk like cities but it's all could, also could work in different parts of europe or you know america and stuff because um is yeah. needed everywhere yeah much. i've had inquiries from amsterdam america like the most and i'm like i'm really sorry i wish i could help but i'm i'm in london mate i do like <laughs> zones one to five like I'm, if i can't get to you on an underground i can't go like i'm sorry it's like it, it's crazy i don't know how people find me but it just shows you that people need it everywhere like it's mm-hmm. crazy i think the idea and the concept of home sharing started in amsterdam it was someone they, they started doing like students living with older people for uh for low cost accommodation. Um, that's how it started. So I know that Amsterdam, you know, they want it in Amsterdam. So I'm good with that. But it's just, yeah, I could, with with that sort of, you know, tech side, I can scale it up more and it can be dro- like picked up and dropped into different countries. And, you know, that's just, it's a bit more, more of a future yeah, sure. for that. Yeah. Perfect. Yeah. Thank you very much, Stephanie, no for coming on to the podcast. Thank you. I think we've got a real good depth insight of who you are as an individual and where mm-hmm. the business is planning to go to and what it's currently doing. Amazing. Um, if you want, if we can find you anywhere, where can we find you like on social media and stuff? Yeah. So I'm on social media. My Instagram is stephanie.rolando and the room for help Instagram is just room for help. That's F-O-R, not the letter, uh, not the number. Um, and then we're on Twitter as well, Room for Help. We're on Facebook, Room for Help. And obviously the website is roomforhelp.com. Um, yeah, that's where you can find me. And if you want to email, it's info at roomforhelp.com. Sure. So if there's any listeners out there who have a room and they need assistance to, you know, to find somebody to mm. assist them in there, or if you're looking for a bedroom for low cost, you know, you could, Amazing. You could uh, go to the website. Perfect. Sure. Thank you. Perfect. Thank you very much.